186. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at with your host, Shane Chapman and Wayla Red. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Well, we made it back. We made it back to the hometown studio located live in Regina. Chuckle inserted. Saskatchewan. Why did you yawn? Because it was a long trip. And oh, I, knew, I, I knew we were going to talk about that right away. And because gotcha. I am sleep deprived. <laughs> Wade. <laughs> That's why. Sleep Look, deprived. People say the reason they like the podcast is because we be real. So I am exhausted. <laughs> Put on a smiley face for this shit. I don't think so. Happy birthday to Simcoe Dex. Turned 35 yesterday. What? Did we, you see what he did 35? for 35? Probably yeah. would have seen that in the Simcoe News if we were still doing that. They probably would have had oh, yeah. it. Might be front page or in front page. Simcoe News. Um, uh, I did see what he did. It looks like he went through a set of locks and he was hanging out with his buddy Kev. Oh, look at Corey says 186 was the camo episode. Here's where Corey doesn't know how this whole oh, thing works. Those are sponsored. They don't count. They oh, don't count. Oh, 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 they're Corey, sponsored. They're Isn't just he sponsored. supposed to be here right away? Yep. So this is 186. This is the real 186? Yeah. Did you see that uh, Mike from Simcoe and Kev, Kevin from An FDI, uh, Home Alone, Went, <laughs> dude. He lives like I'm, he's home alone. I'm convinced that that he actually is a real life Kevin McAllister. Yeah, just like home alone with all the riches, like loaded, yeah, got yeah. all the toys, yeah. and nobody's right. supervising him. Yep. So maybe, maybe Simcoe was supervising him yesterday. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, they went out on the boat yesterday, and I've never seen this before in my life. Maybe I'm, I'm living a sheltered life, but they have a I don't know I don't know what they were calling it. It is like some sort of train they were calling it. It is a well, it's a set of locks, essentially. So they drive onto it, and then the thing comes out of the water and moves them to a higher body. I have never body. seen this. Yeah, You've never body seen that? I've never seen that. But it's not like the normal, traditional locks, like what you're thinking. They don't, like, drive in and then fill it with water. It's like you drive in, and then the bridge comes out of the water yeah. and then carries you on a flat plank to a new set of water. Like, big and rail. Then, and then drops below and, and wow. puts you in the water. Yeah, that's fancy. That's pretty cool. Right? That's really fancy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I would just give her you just <laughs> full throttle and wrap it. Pin it. Yeah. I'm sure you could make it. Jump the line. Bottom of your boat might be a little bit worse for wear than if you just took the train thing. The lock? The train oh. thing. Well, it's like, that's what it does. It's ah, rides operate. in a rail. It's a train. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I don't want to be too confrontational today, so yeah. I'll agree with you. Oh, I feel like you're about to be. Um <laughs> it's hard to tell if those are real or fake. I know. That's the best part. <laughs> is that my laugh? <laughs> it's fantastic. That is your laugh. <laughs> it's funny. I actually didn't know if I just did that or not. I was like, did I just laugh? Yeah, that's it was great. you. That's great. Anyway, we're back from uh, Steel, Sharpens. Sharpen Steel. Yeah. Uh, Mount Pleasant, Texas at Extreme Backyard and Beyond, where we spent uh, all of 30 hours last week there. Did you add that up? Did you actually do that? Oh, why did you go and go for Well, no, but like three o'clock. Yeah. And then we left the next night at nine. Okay. So what is that? Six? That is 30 hours. Yeah. In Mount Pleasant. Yeah. It's exactly 30 hours. We slept in every hotel once except for Toronto. (laughs) But technically we had different rooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We had two different experiences in Toronto. Yeah. The beds were on the opposite (sighs) side in the second room. So here's what the plan was. The plan was 
The plan was leave Sunday. Everybody's got a plan. Fly into into Toronto. Until you get punched in the face. On Sunday, meet up with our friends, Jason Meyer from Fortress, Mike from Simcoe Dex, watch some hockey game on the TV, have a couple drinks, go to our cozy hotel room, wake up the next morning, catch a flight to Dallas. <laughs> that was the plan. That was the plan. Play golf. We managed to do the first part of that almost flawlessly. We got on our flight here in Regina. We flew to Toronto. No problem. No problem. Met up with Mike. Met up with Jason. Watched the hockey game. Yeah. Went to our beds. All of that went without Hitch. any hiccups. Just yeah. really smoothly. No unexpected Set things happen for the no. rest of the trip. Exactly. Our flight was at seven o'clock in the morning from Toronto to Dallas. That's a really good time for a flight. I've taken 5 a.m. flights, so seven's a really nice time. I don't mind. Like, if that was a 7 a.m. flight out of Regina, I'd be perfectly fine with that because you know that you, you could show up an hour and a half before and you're good. It's a great so flight. Right. Hour and a half, no problem. 5.30, no problem. So we had heard, uh, yeah, and the reason we were going that, because the event didn't start till Tuesday. The reason we were going Sunday was so we could golf with a few of the guys that we were meeting up with down at the event and go golfing with them at 11 o'clock on Monday. Correct. Um, we had heard that the, there was a bit of, um, congestion a little bit <laughs> at the airport, but we were advised by localers, locals that taking and, and terminal three American airlines would be much better than taking air Canada out of terminal one. And American airlines said arrive three or three hours early. Yeah. Yeah. So they said, so we did, we totally did. We, we stayed were there the right same, on time. We stayed in the same hotel as Jason and Mike. Same bed as Jason and Mike. <laughs> Woke well, up together, I, yeah. spooning with Jason and Mike. I didn't. I stayed in a different room. <laughs> Weird. All went Did down to the room? airport. The hotel was attached to the terminal. You walked across this short little gate. It was like, literally two you minutes. The, you were in the we were, terminal. We were in the right terminal. Four o'clock. We roll in there. A.M. This place is a in zoo it's already. Insane. It is packed in there. Yep. There's lineups for days, you can't tell what lineup is for what. There's no. just like parallel lineups of things that then like snake around other things and go to other places. You're like, what the hell lineup are we supposed to be in? There's hardly anybody there to even ask. Mm -hmm. So you're asking people in the lines and hoping that they know what line they're in. They don't want to tell you because yeah. what if you're in the right line? Beat it, Gapper. That's right. That's right. We find what appears to be the American Airlines... Uh, line check it because we've got bags to check. We got some big stuff. We got our podcast equipment. We got our golf clubs. We got to drop these off. Yep. We get in the line. It's a long line. Very long line. The lineup for security longer. Yep. Because security's not open yet. There's a reason. We're like, oh, okay. Well, that'll dwindle down. We were in that line. What for time does security open at? Four thirty. <gasps> exactly. Okay. We were in the line for the American Airlines for over an hour. Yep. To get our bags to get to get to the counter. Yep. To like have them wear bags and tag them and everything else. Okay. Flight's not till seven. No problem. <laughs> no problem. It's we only fi five We find out later from calling somebody that we had checked in at the counter at 513. So we were there for a little over an hour. Yep. But then it took more time to actually drop the bags. We had to go to the oversized baggage and wait for somebody help there and mm -hmm, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then we got into the security line. And at this time, the security line was significantly reduced because it was open now. I mean, it looked smaller. It I don't know if it's significantly reduced. It had been open time. for 45 minutes. Visually. It, yeah, because it snaked down it three it hallways. better than it did an hour before. Yep. They just moved into a different room. They just moved to the next room, right? Where They're it just was like really yep. good at hiding them now. So they hid all of these people in the next room. 
So we get into the security line. We think not bad. Doesn't look too bad. Find out that it actually snakes into this unknown area. Yep. And back there, there's a hundred more people. So it's like, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finally get away into the security room, which is packed. It's snaking all the way through. There's, I don't know how many, for sure. Not all the lanes open, but there was most of the lanes were enough open. lanes open that we weren't panicking yet. Nope. We had two hours. We spent an hour in that line or 45 minutes in that line. Got to the front, got through security, fine ish mm-hmm. after the wait. Got into the customs line. Oh no. <laughs> no. Did not look promising when we got in there. Walked into this room that holds probably a thousand people, and it was like all thousand of them were in there. Yeah. Snaked right to the back of the room. We're like, okay, shit. Now it's six o'clock. Flight's at seven. Yeah. Okay, we're we're we, still okay, right? We got a like, chance. This is the last step, so we should be able to get our way through here. So for the first couple rows, I was kind of like mentally checking and being like, okay, we go through this line. And then when we turn to the U-turn, that took about five minutes. And we took about five minutes to come back. And it's like, okay, each line that we have to sneak through is only five minutes. I think we'll be okay. How many lines are there? One, two, three, boy, this goes back quite a ways. 13, <laughs> 14, 15, 16, 17, 20, 20, oh shit. We're not going to make oh, it. 20 lines. We yeah. got at least times just, five. Just a touch over a hundred minutes here and our flight leaves in 40. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So what do you do? We're patiently waiting. Yep. People bomb. are starting to get antsy. We should have yelled bomb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would have got some people out of line. Would have got attention. <laughs> <laughs> would have cleared out maybe just enough. Our friends, Jason and Mike had no bags to check. Therefore, they were ahead of us by probably 20 minutes in the line or maybe, well, probably more than that because more we were in the an line hour. For maybe an hour. And then we saw our other friend, Gord, Gordon South from Wood Bully. While we were waiting in American Airlines, he went zipping through in the security line too. So he was ahead of us, but not as much. He was only 20 minutes ahead or so. Yeah. So we're in the line. It's taken a long time and people are starting to get pretty panicky. Like everybody around us is on our flight or on similar flights that leave at the same time or earlier. Yeah. So people are starting to get a little restless. This line's not moving very fast. It's flowing, but it's just like it's a big line. Yep. Somebody cuts the line. All hell breaks loose. People are pissed off now. People are yelling at people. Tensions are high. Then Mike and starts texting us and he's like, we're on the plane. Where are you guys? Oh boy. We're not, like, we're not on the plane. We're not, <laughs> we're not on the plane. We're still a few rows back at this point while he's updating us and he's already on the plane. Now it's like 630, 640. Mm-hmm. And we're like, shit. Well, there's no we way, got, right? We, yeah. We got four rows left to go or something. We're like, we're talking to ourselves. We're like, there's no way they like, they'll hold the plane. There's a bunch of people here. 50 people, give or take. Or somebody will come back. An agent will come back and be like, excuse me, who's on 1169 to Dallas? Need you to leave. Need you to get to the front of the line and get through here. That'll happen. Because we watched that happen to one other person. Some agent came up and grabbed two people. You're like, look, see, that gives me confidence they're going to do that for us too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, sounds good. I'm not worried anymore then. The plane's going nowhere, even though like we should be through here right now. So we get to within two two rows of the front and Mike texts again. He's like, shit, dude, they just closed the doors. And now it's like, it's seven, close to seven. Yeah. We're still in the seven line. Seven or 703 or something, right? Yeah. And we're like, oh man, we're still two rows back. I no think way. I, I think I was at customs at this time. I you was might just about asked, to walk through. You might even add an agent because you were a row ahead of us. Yeah. And then Mike texts again. His next text was, I just saw them throw your golf clubs back off the plane. Like yep. they unloaded our shit. <laughs> and we're like, no way. This is not happening. Well, that's going to be super inconvenient. They're going to have to put those back on the plane. I'm about <laughs> exactly. to come through here. Yep. yep. So Bryce, uh-huh. Bryce is through, uh, the, I think we determined it was 702 or something that you got through customs. And I ran to the gate. And you ran to the gate, which was like two minutes away you run. Yep. 
too late. Closed. Closed. We don't get through till 7.15. The rest of us, us three are standing together. We get through and it's like, at that point, it's already like, I know when the customs guy's like, where are you headed? I was like, well, I was supposed to go to Dallas, but I believe that we just missed our flight. He doesn't give two shits. He's like, sounds good. Have a good flight. Sounds no, no, good. you didn't hear me. I'm not getting a flight. There's no flight today <laughs> for me. Okay. I'm not going to make it. But I'll be sure to pass along your friendly little message to the rest <laughs> of my friends that are on the goddamn plane. <laughs> So we, we get through and we're like, we like run and like, we're pissed off. These people that cut the line, they end up on the same flight as us. They're still dickheads to this day. Um, <laughs> He's not wrong. We go to the flight gate just to be like, ask like, now what? Where do we go from here? They're like, go back to A10 where there's another giant lineup of people who also missed that flight. They're all pissed off and need to rebook now. It's like, that was good. the slowest moving line. Right. Because they had two people working it and you knew that every single person that needed to rebook, it was going to be complicated. Mm -hmm. Where are you trying to go? How do you need to get there? Like all the flights are booked. So how do we do it? So every person in line, we're probably 50th in line and we're like, oh man, this is three hour lineup here. Like we're not getting on a flight today. By the time we can get to the front, they're going to be full. They're going to be gone. Like no chance. It was actually, we were talking about whether we'd make the flights the next day. Yeah. Yeah. There was at this point, there was no guarantee we were getting down there at all. So we sat in that line for what, hour and a half or something before everything that we did took an hour and a half. We determined this <laughs> till somebody comes through because the line's just not moving, not moving. This lady comes by and she hands out, we sent you guys for breakfast. We, we yep. sent praise because nobody had eaten yet. We've been up since three at the line since four. Nobody's eaten anything yet. Sent Bryce and Kyler for breakfast. We're like, you guys go for breakfast. We'll wait in the line. When you're done, come back. We'll go. Cause like this line's going to be long enough to do that. In the meantime, they bring these cards. They're like phone this number because the flights are all filling up and like, oh, okay. you're not going to get to the front before it's over. <laughs> okay. So we phone this line. Wade talks to this person They're like, sounds good. There's no flights today. We can't get you on anything. Uh, Wade kept kind of his composure, like a friendly little Canadian would. She's like, we can put you on the same flight tomorrow morning. You think I want to be on that? You flight? think I want to do this shit again? <laughs> hey, you want, no, I was you want like, me to do this whole thing again? I think at one point I was negotiating like three hours like I, I was happy with a three hour driving distance. And then we ended up as high as six hours of driving distance from Dallas. It was like land me within six hours of driving to Dallas. And if you can do that today, I'll take that flight. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, we got nothing. not doing that. You Ugh. can go to Charlotte. We can get you to Charlotte. And I was like, well, that's more than six hours of driving. She was like, well, that's where you can go today. Like, no, I'm not going. Right. So then, we're like, what do we do? Like, what if this all happens again tomorrow and we don't make the flight down there? And now we spent hotel rooms again and we waited for another flight and we dicked around again. Like, do we just turn around and go home at this point? Like, can we even get a flight to Regina? No. So <laughs> she's like, well, we are no. in Toronto. You're stuck here for <laughs> indetermined amount of time. Toronto <laughs> is purgatory. Yeah. How do you think it got so big? <laughs> well, it makes sense now. Everybody missed their flight. That's yeah. how Toronto was Seven born. million people missed flights. That's you how. Go anywhere. That's the history of Anyways, Toronto. There's a building right over here. You could just move into it for, uh, would you pay $450 a night for your hotel? How about you could pay 200 a night and live in this place? Yeah. And if you want a job. Airports hiring. Yeah, we got we could hire you, and that you could fill multiple roles. Actually, exactly. That's how Toronto was built. That's what I've. You're right. Yeah, people got there and couldn't get out. They wouldn't let them out. Wouldn't let them out. <laughs> but not like they wouldn't let them out. They gave them false hope day after day after right. day, and then people were like, "F this, I'll live here." So, the lady offers to rebook us on the flight for the next day at the same time. Very nice lady, by the way. 
Nope. No, no. On we're the on the phone. phone. Oh, on the phone. I, I only she, assumed she was she was nice. She was good because I didn't swear at her. Right. She's yeah. like, here's the deal. I can get you four seats on tomorrow's flight at 7 a.m. 1169 to Dallas. Uh, sounds good. That's going to be an extra $240 per person. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> what do you mean? What? What do you mean it's going to be an extra 240 bucks per person? Well, tomorrow's flight's more expensive. Yeah, but we... Through no fault of our own, we missed today's flight. You can't just put us on that flight. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, I can't do that. You might have to talk to someone else to do that. Okay, whatever. Can you hold these flights for us? Uh, yeah, we can hold the flights for you. Okay. Now, and Wade, Wade did all the booking. It's his story, but <laughs> he's really quiet. So, Wade had booked these flights originally to come back through Toronto and then had some sort of like gut feeling maybe that was like, that's a bad idea. We should come back through Calgary. So rebook the flights. Yeah. Cause it, I had seen a bunch of information about how awful Toronto was. And I was like, well, if we come back through Calgary and something happens that we could at least drive. Home. That's drivable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. drive six so hours. they changed the flights and it's the six hour which, window that I can drive. It's like, oh, I can right. Yeah. They changed, he changed the flights before any of this earlier to come back through Calgary, like weeks before. And so that resulted in us each having a $281 credit to our names. So each of us, each of the four flights. So it's like, okay, fine. Can we just book that flight for tomorrow and just apply my $281 credit I have to the $240 that you're trying to charge me on again on the same flight? Uh, no, sorry, we can't do that. <laughs> Why? Why now? <laughs> Why can't you do that? Well, because that credit has to be used towards a future flight. Uh, this flight is tomorrow. tomorrow. That's the future. Do Use you, the credit. Yeah. Do you know what today is? <laughs> no, it's sorry. the past. It has to be for an entirely new trip. It How is excuse that me? any sense? That's what I, well, I said to her, I was like, well, it is a new trip. We were supposed to go on our trip yesterday. Yeah. Now tomorrow is a new trip because yeah. that one didn't happen. She was like, uh, it can't be done. <laughs> I was like, well, that's, that's not actually true. It can be done. I know how this works. Yeah. You just click a button. Won't be done. Right. You should say won't be done. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, it did. It did not happen. So we she wouldn't do that. Credits. So what she was willing to do, reserve the seat. Super helpful. Super helpful. She reserved the seats. She reserved the seats that was until, enough. until we could get to the front of the line that we were currently standing in to talk to an agent there to see if they were willing to give us a straight across trade and not charge the $240. So we waited in that line for longer till we finally got to the front, met this little lady there. She was great. She came up. She's like, who's next in line? We're like, we are. She's like, stand, come over to this line over here. I'll be with you in a second. She came over. What are you guys trying to do? Well, we're trying to get back. We're trying to get to Dallas. We've just missed our flight. Yeah. You and everybody else in line. Um, I can't get you there today. <sighs> okay. When can you get us there? Uh, tomorrow. There's flights reserved for you for tomorrow morning. We asked the same thing. Can you get us within six hours of Dallas? Can you land us anywhere within six hours? We'll rent a car. We'll drive there. Sorry. She looks Nothing available within six hours of Dallas. How about eight? <laughs> can you right. do eight hours? Anytime. Can you just get us within a day's drive of Dallas? Nope, we can't. The only thing we can do is put you on tomorrow's flight at 7 a.m. How can you guarantee us that we don't show up here tomorrow and go through this whole same crap again and then end up in the same situation? Mm -hmm. um, I can't guarantee that. But I start work at three o'clock tomorrow morning. You come find me. I'm going to check you in right now. You come find me at three. I will help you check your bags. I'll get you on. We'll get you into the security line sooner. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay. You might get through. What time is the security line open tomorrow? 
4.30. Okay, so whether we get it here at 4 or 3, it's still closed. We're still in the line waiting for it. Yeah, that's right. But I'll but, try to get you in soon. But you want to be at the front of the closed <clears throat> line, right? not the end of the closed line. Mm-hmm. So she was great. That's what we did. We're like, okay, I guess we're stuck in Toronto. We can't, like, there's no option here. We can't get out anywhere. Yep. So we went back to the hotel we stayed at and we're like, hi, we need two more rooms. We're like, sounds good. That's a hundred bucks more a night than you paid last night. <laughs> yeah, of course it's whatever. <laughs> Ring the card. Like now it's 450 bucks a night for one room. Right. We shared rooms. We booked two rooms. So this now we're down thousand bucks because of this. And then we're like, well, let's make the most of it. I guess we're here in Toronto. So we, we went and did some Toronto things. We went downtown, hung yeah, out for a yeah. bit. Wade and I went to a ball game. You guys went back and crashed. We made a new plan, get up at three the next day, go back to the airport. Let's do this whole shit again. Because they wouldn't let us stay in the airport. Like you can't stay on this side of security. Yeah. Not allowed. You have to go back, pick up all your baggage, recheck it. Okay, sounds good. So next day we th- show up at three now to do this whole thing again. Thankfully, we found her. <laughs> and she did help us get checked in a little bit quicker and skip the, at least the first line. Yep. And we got in security. Wait, wait, wait. Got into customs. The line was half as long the next day, so everything went a little bit smoother. Um, I heard people yelling at the American Airlines people the day before in that rebook line, being like, why wouldn't you guys hold the plane? You knew that there was 50 people in customs that were right at the front line. Why wouldn't you? Sorry, sir, we can't do that. That's not our... We can't control anything other than the plane itself, and we can't control when it leaves, whatever. We get on the plane the next day. The plane does not close the doors till 7.15. Yeah. It helped. Had they just done that the day before, we all, all those made people would have gone. No deal. So we get to Dallas. Whoa. <laughs> You're going to tell the whole story? Yeah. Well, is it's this been, podcast it's all important? Just, it's story? Been, it's it is. It's been 20 minutes. We talked about this. Okay. We get to Dallas. It's fine. Dallas airport's great. We get out. We get on a shuttle to go over to the... Because now we've also screwed up our travel plans with the rental cars. We missed our golf game. Now we're hauling on golf clubs for no, no reason. Missed our golf game. Still got to carry the clubs around. We have a car booked, but it's just a small car for Bryce and Tyler. Tiny little car. Go because you and I are going to be going with somebody else Uh in their bigger vehicle that was carrying clubs. So we get to the the car rental mall. We walk in and what a sigh of relief. There's no lineup for the first time. There's no line. There's like one person at the Hertz desk and like one person behind them and multiple people working like, oh, sweet. We'll be right in. So we get up front. We all wait back waiting for this to transpire. Well, like fast forward, it took 90 minutes for reasons unknown. I don't know why, but eventually we had to change the name under the car to your name. We had a a bigger vehicle. And then lo and behold, 900 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hour and a half, $900 no, no, later. No, no, sorry, you have the wrong receipt. That's what we paid for the air, uh, hotel last night. $900 to get a vehicle to take us to us. So that, whatever. Fine. We finally get it. Now we're super late. We're missing the event now. Not just golf. We're missing the actual event we're supposed to be at. Yep. We get in this vehicle. It's great. It's a monster. There's room for all of our shit. Beautiful. We're in it. Now we're driving. We're in control of our own destiny. Hit the road. Let's rock and roll. We're flying. We hit it with a gas station at Burger King. We grab some food. We're on the highway. We're like, boys, we're on our way. We're on our way. When are you going to be here? GPS says 240. Oh, that's really late, but good. Okay. I'm glad you're on your way. Sounds good. We'll see you at 240. We're 20 minutes outside of Mount Pleasant, and we start seeing construction signs that say one mile ahead. Five times in a row, then there's no construction. (laughs) And, we and we're doing 30 miles an hour. Yeah, at best, right? Like, we're stopped a bunch of times, too. Yeah. We're, like, stalled in traffic, this lineup. For, we don't know why. Finally, like, miles ahead. This set us back 30 minutes. This, like, we had to text the guys again. We're like, uh, 
Not 240. <laughs> <laughs> How long? I don't know. We don't know. Probably 90 minutes. Later. Like, no idea. So this set us back a half an hour going through this traffic. We finally get through, and now we're like, okay, well, geez, Mount Pleasant's like right there. Now we're on the other oh, side. Oh, look, we can see it. Construction. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're through. Nothing short of a swarm of locusts can stop us now, but don't rule that out at this point. It's entirely possible. So we finally got there at three o'clock on Tuesday. We were supposed to be there at nine o'clock on Wednesday, on Monday. Yep. Three o'clock, we roll in. The decks are framed and it's all over. The guys are packing <laughs> up for the day. It's all, the stuff we wanted to go and see and film yep. is all done. So that was our, oh, and then, so we go to the event. We missed it all. Yeah. We schmoozed for a little bit. Not over yet. Kyler and Bryce go and shoot some video. And then it's like, it's five o'clock. People are like, all right, supper time. We're all going back to supper. Okay. Now we'll go check into our hotel. Cause we skipped that part. Oh yeah. Because we just wanted to get there faster. We go to our hotel. We're like, we're here to check in. Uh, we canceled your room. <laughs> yeah, you did. You got a pillow and a blanket. <laughs> I'm sleeping I'll in the lobby. I'll sleep anywhere. <laughs> what a comedy of errors. So, anyways, we ended up getting uh, a couple rooms, three rooms. We got three. <laughs> and we got there. And then, so, the event was great. The event was great. <laughs> I think it really was great. Yeah, it was fun. It was so short. But I would like... Uh, we were there for a day, yeah. and then we packed up, went back to Dallas, stayed in a hotel, and flew out the next day. <laughs> and I had a much better experience at the Dallas airport. But we also drove to the wrong hotel before we stayed in that hotel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We didn't drive to the wrong hotel. We dropped Jason off at the right hotel. That's right. <laughs> Which That's he right. didn't know he was at, so he was also thinking he was at the wrong hotel. Can you believe? Can you believe how lucky it is that he was like, I should actually walk in and just double check that this isn't <laughs> right. my hotel. Because you imagine if he was like, oh yeah, crap, wrong hotel, and then went with us to the other one. Yeah, and then got in there and was like, yeah, sorry, you don't actually have a room here. It's at the other one. So he would have been sure, like, I would have left him the vehicle. Sheer paranoia <laughs> of our experience <laughs> getting down here. I was like, wait, because the first hotel in Toronto was was like it attached to the airport. It was great. Wait, where's the hotel that we're staying in Dallas? Like, how early do we have to get up to leave over there? He's like, well, it's right beside right beside the terminal again. Okay, sounds good. So we. Went, when we got there, we like enter the airport. It's like, there's the airport. There's a the terminal. Just got to drive to the hotel. And we're driving for like. It was a half an hour. <laughs> I was just like, half hour. And I'm like, this is wild. And Jason earlier, Jason Meyer came back to this fortress, looked it up on his phone. He's like, oh, it's right there. It's only 0.4 miles. Two inches away from where we need to be. <laughs> Sounds good. So, and we're all staying at the same hotel or so we thought. So we get to this with a holiday in or something. It was like, it doesn't yeah. matter. But it's called like Holiday Inn Express South and Holiday Inn Express North. Right. And so we, like the one that first popped up on my phone for GPS was south. So I was like, oh, it must be that. Click. 30 minutes away. So we drove there. Mm-hmm. And got out. And Wade goes in. Hi, I'm Wade. And he's at the Pleasure to meet you. counter. And you're, you're from the deck shop. I was like, I am from the deck shop. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That sounds smooth. Yeah. We get out and like... I grabbed a bag and then stopped. And I was like, yep. I'm just going to wait. And you were kind of grabbing I was like, oh, like, let's, let's, we're here. You're like, what are you doing? I was like, why? <laughs> What's like, your I, last name? Give him my last name. I don't want to make sure first. I don't have anything. Well, yeah, no, of course you do. You have something. It's like, it's booked. Um, here's my confirmation number. And I opened the email up and hand to him. He's like, oh yeah, you're at the other hotel. I was like, <gasps> what other hotel? <laughs> what other hotel? The North one. I was like, no, I, like it just told me to come GPS told me to come to this one. He was like, well, there's another one. Go to that one. <sighs> Fine. Where is it? It's like right beside the hotel or right beside the airport. I was like, of course it is. Cool. 
And so, this is all happening late. Like this is oh, midnight. This is midnight or 11. I'm supposed to have the vehicle back for 1130. That's not happening. It's going to be like 12, 1230 by the time I get that back. Anyways, uh, we all load back into the vehicle and, and then, then we're Jason like, at the very last second just had a hunch. I wonder if I should like, check I and see if check. mine is here. <laughs> we were about to take him back to the other hotel. <laughs> His was there. Anyways, so left Jason behind Dallas airport has hotel. got their snot together. <laughs> That's great. Man, you yep. walk in, it is like they have signs that have time for the, for your lines that you're in. It's like your, your next checkpoint will be this many minutes. And if you go to a different line, that checkpoint is this many minutes. And like, mm-hmm. you can tell what a novel idea, Yeah, you know, anyways, Toronto's got Toronto right now. Shit, like I've man. never had problems at the Toronto airport before, but it's, it's clearly in shambles right now. Like it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And it's pretty it just terrible. reminds me. I saw this Joe Biden clip the other day. It was like a Where meme. Where he fell off the bicycle. Meme video. Not, not that one. He's like, America can be described in one word. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, what was the, what was that supposed to be? That strong airport right now. Okay. Well, the reason I delayed that is because I don't want to even talk about what we're talking about next. Because last time we did a podcast about this, we had a couple drinks and then. I just want to, I want to preface that with the last time we did a podcast about this, we weren't even talking about this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? It wasn't. We a, were talking about a completely this. different topic and serious. It, turned it into went this. off. Into yeah, this. True, wow. Oh yeah. It was like a top 10 list or something like that. <laughs> yeah. and the number seven was like a permit and we, and then we just got into it. So the backstory here what is. What side are you taking on it, this? Don't you worry about it. <laughs> Uh, are we going to be friends after this? When this is all done, are we going to be friends? Unlikely. Though? It's a good thing we're golfing so we can rebuild that. If that happens. We'll just deal with this later. So, <laughs> was that a button again? God, that's fantastic. He's, he pulled four clips that off. Fantastic. He's got one from, uh, he's got one from Gord that I'm really excited about. So, uh, we're talking about decks falling off hoses again today. But intentionally this time and with no alcohol involved. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Even though we could all use a drink. Um, so a couple of years ago, this happened and the USMC jumped in. It's the builder's fault. Right now. <laughs> you want to know what ditch Scott's in that one. <laughs> a couple of years ago in 2020, there was a, a pretty severe deck collapse that happened in Regina. These happened all over the place for a variety of reasons. This one was a textbook case. It was a second story walkout, unfortunately, and people were injured on it, unfortunately. And that all happened. And it just ended up in the news again. Uh, like yesterday. Cause yeah. two, so what's, uh, sorry, July 4th. Why is it back in the news? They, are they back in court right now? Is that what's happening? I think so. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. That's it's the legal stuff is all happening now. Right. So this deck was call it 11, 12 feet in the air. It was a, it was a, a couple, two people on it. That's it. The homeowners. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure their age, but I think they're like kind of sixties. I'll say that he's a professor at the university. She, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what she did. They go out in the deck to enjoy. They went, they've got the picture shows. They've got like a, like a, a bistro set, essentially like a little wicker bistro set and a yep. barbecue, I think. And then them two and the decks, I don't know how big the deck is. What? 12 by 12. Maybe it might be a little bit bigger than that, but sure. Not a huge deck. Nope. And so they're sitting there and as an article describes it, they started to hear some odd noises coming from beneath creaking, creaking. right? <laughs> and, okay. and the, the lady went to the edge of the deck to look over to see like, what's that Why sound. That? And then 
too late. She kind of went over, looked back and came back. He's like, what is that? And all of a sudden, boom, the deck collapses. It fell from the house. It stayed erect at the beam in the post out front. So it literally just like hinged and slammed down into the ground and all that stuff that was on the deck crashed on top of them and they got like pinned against the house. She ended up with a uh, broken ankle, broken heel bone, some mm-hmm. fractures there. Um, some blood, bruising. She's cut up, yep. bleeding. He sounded like he kind of walked away from it a little bit in better shape. Sounds like he maybe grabbed her and then like used her as a shield. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, stuck Save over. yourself. <laughs> That's going to hurt. So um, that all happened. It's now years later. They're finding out that she's got permanent damage. Um, yep. They're saying that she's got, uh, I can't remember what the what the first thing was that they said, they said like, probably arthritis will set in at some point in her ankle. Um, she had some uh, permanent movement issues. She can't rotate her entire movement and irregular her, gait. Right. Right. So, so her, her step her is walk off. will be different now for the rest of her life. So she's got some permanent damage from this thing. She also acquired some PTSD, I'd say from this uh, incident and moved back to Toronto or moved to Toronto. The, and the, the husband stayed here. And so now they're not even living apart. She doesn't want to come back to the house. It's like, Mentally not, she's not okay with it. So like, I don't want to sound super insensitive, but. But you're going to, like, as soon as you say that, (laughs) here it comes. But when I read that article, I was like, is this, like, does that seem logical to you? Does it, like, does that seem like a bit of a play to get some more money? I don't know if it's about the money, but sure. See, it it, it feels like uh, enforcing the Mm. victim. This is a victim uh, position. Play. Yeah. It's like. But so you know what? I've never had a deck collapse and have that flash before my face or my eyes. So I guess I can't say. Right. But okay. I have had a significant injury. I cut my thumb off with a table saw. And when I walk use them past, since. no, so I use them all see? the time. Uh, you do not. I, I use them. <laughs> I use them all the time. I actually use the same table saw. Yeah. All the time. Hoping that it'll slap it back on. Put it back on. <laughs> you use it in reverse. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> some king. Holy, would you look at that? Oh, man. <laughs> to phone WC. Boys. Phone said WCB and send them their money back. And be like, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. Yeah. But I put the say out. I put the saw in reverse. And yeah. So anyways, it turns like, out it didn't. It just stuck to my chin. Oh, why? <laughs> like, yeah, it just seems like a bit of like the... The victim play. I mean, that happens in courts and legal battles, right? USMC, uh, a a veteran (laughs) that has actually had some shit going on. Yeah. It's like PTSD from a deck. Okay. That's cute, right? Yeah. It's it's just like, did she have to move? Probably. Anyways. To be fair, I said PTSD. They didn't say it in the article. They just said that she was too traumatized basically to to want to come back and live in Regina again. So, yeah. Um. Regardless, the this happened. Now it's in the news again because I guess the legality, the legal process is proceeding. The home builder immediately was like, "Not me." Right away, it was just like this happened. It was like, "Not right. us. Yeah. Not our fault." Uh, the homeowner must not have maintained the deck properly. Keep in mind, five years built in twenty fifteen, fell in twenty twenty. Yeah, the deck wasn't up there that long. They wanted to like wash their hands of this and be like, "Not our fault." Right. Um, which I think that there's actually an argument for if all of the proper processes were followed to have that deck built, but turns out they were not, there was no, at least from what they said, they can't find any record in the last five years from since the deck was built that a permit was ever pulled on the deck. 
So now <laughs> I, I believe, I believe not so cut and dried that it's not your fault. It was subcontracted to a con to a construction company who were that actually built it. And so, um, the that's not uncommon. That's right. A, that's, that's a super common standard for home every building. single yeah. house that's been built by a home builder is done via subcontract. subcontracted. Yeah. yeah. Especially with larger ones like this, right? Like these guys pump out a lot of homes. Um, so the, the homeowners are suing the home builder, mm -hmm. the home builder. I don't know what you call it, but they were like, uh, okay, that's fine. But also the subcontractor is going to get listed in this lawsuit now as, as well as is the city of Regina for, because the rest of the house was obviously inspected, but not the deck. Cause they didn't obviously for the deck. Like obviously inspected. Yes. Cause it was, I would believe that there's an argument to be made that the inspector didn't do anything period. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. There was a permit, and there was a there was a occupancy permit. Is my understanding for the house? That part apparently was. Yeah, they were done. living there, so they had been granted an occupancy right. permit. So, right. in theory, that part was done. Uh, but the fact that there wasn't a permit pulled on the basement nor the deck is what I read in this article. There was no sign off on basement or deck. Yeah. So the inspector was there, signed off on something. Just not the basement or the deck. Signed off on what was on his docket of things to look at that day. Right. I guess. Okay. But but failed to look into whether the deck had a permit. Was mm. part of the was obviously not part of the build. Mm -hmm. not, not not part of the, the original permit for the house. And failed to how like identify that, I how? guess. Yeah. Didn't look. <laughs> no, but like <laughs> on the paper that he has, like his checklist, he'll have like inspect like framing. He'll have like a list of framing items he needs to check. Yeah. But he also has a set of plans for the house that were submitted to the city. And on those plans, that deck will be there. Yeah. The there deck would have been on the plans. Absolutely zero chance that pace setter, sorry, I don't <laughs> care. Pace it's in the news. There's zero <laughs> chance that they, <laughs> if you only had any idea how hard I've been trying to not say names. I know I do. I did know. It's but a public I, article. It's a public article. It and is. so it's yeah. not, so there's no chance that those, uh, that deck was not on that set of plans. And so when that got submitted to the city, if there was not a permit for the deck, I think the city is responsible for that. And the reason I think they're responsible is it, the, the deck was on the drawings that were submitted to the city. And so then they need to include that as part of the build. That's something that that's like, that's what's happening at that building. They're putting walls up and they're putting a roof on, but there's certainly many a deck there. instances mm -hmm. where that deck doesn't get built at the same time, but it's on the plans. We've seen that here a bunch. People come in, their house is built, they're ready to go. They're building their deck and they've got their original blueprints. And it's like, here's the deck we're building. Certainly it never got built at the time. It was just planned for. Do you think that the authority figure at that time should ask if that's being built or not? Is it the city's responsibility to ask at that time? Cause it's on the plans. Are you going to build this right now or not? Who has to divulge that information? <clears throat> the person applying for the permit, in my opinion, is more responsible to be telling you what they're applying for. So then what's so, then what's the the reason for I think in this scenario, they're all at fault. Like we we sat here in that podcast and they are all jammered on for 45 minutes about trying to point out like who is the one that's at fault. In you know, this but, case, but in a legal it's battle, it's got to be all of them, in a legal except for the homeowner, to clarify, because yeah, the, yeah. the homeowner originally fault. tried to say it's, it's their fault. It's no. not their fault. It's not their fault. And then, so 
I think it's the city's fault. I think ultimately it comes down to the, the last, the person that says this is good. So here's why the deck right. fell. If this changes anybody's opinion. And we all know. We all know why. As soon as you saw the picture, what the fail point was, we've talked about it probably on 18 different podcasts. We've talked about this. Yeah. Shockingly, the ledger board wasn't attached properly. Shockingly. Shocking. The ledger board was spiked in with interior grade, non-galvanized smooth shank nails. Didn't say that in the article. That's what (laughs) happened. What did say say in the article was that it was only nailed in and was not structurally connected with leg screws or structural connectors. Right. The right. company who built the house framed the deck. Right. So the ledger board came away from the house. Right. We've said this a thousand times. They don't change the magazine and nails they have in their gun. They just build pop, the pop, next pop, thing. Pop, pop. Slap that ledger board on. Here's another reason that I think the inspector failed this whole thing. You just said it. The framer framed that deck mm-hmm. at the exact same time he was framing the house. I know they did. Yeah. I know That's they did. That's an assumption, but it's a really rock solid one. Yep. Like we're only assuming that happened, but of course it happened. <laughs> of course it happened because they frame the house and at the time of framing, they frame the deck. They mm-hmm. have their telehandler there and they have all of their people and they got all of the material. Yeah, especially on a taller deck like that, right? Yep. So they don't frame the house, stucco everything, finish it all, then come back six to eight months later or more and then build the deck. And that's not how row housing works. And there's zero chance they would have gotten an occupancy permit without railing on that deck. So the deck would have to be done. Oh, or the, yeah. Or the door boarded. There's a 100% <clears throat> chance that the inspector who inspected the framing of the house saw that that deck was framed. Yeah. 100% chance. Because the door has glass in it. And the windows also are made of glass, not plywood. That's and taking can, a bit of a leap. You don't know that for sure. He can see the deck. <laughs> Whether I'm right or not is irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) Gord, what bullet you're on the podcast. You're indefinitely famous now. Welcome to episode two. That's where I think this all falls apart. It it all falls apart at the at the framing inspection. Also, you said there's no basement permit? There is yeah. It's it's a walkout basement, basement guys. Also not approved. Oh yeah, okay. Well it's like, well, this house is mythically floating here. How fantastic is this? Because I didn't approve the basement. We'll just deal with this later. <laughs> That's what he did. That's exactly what the... 100 episodes, we finally... Like, he's finally hit his stride. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm assuming that with the basement permit, what they're talking about is they don't have a permit for the finishings of the basement. They don't have a permit for the bathroom and the... Uh, like the finishings. That's so it. here's the so, exact wording from the article is the statement of claim filed at the court of Queens bench on November 3rd, 2020 alleges pace setter failed to obtain the necessary permits or inspections and were negligent by using ordinary nails to secure the deck. An occupancy permit from August, 2015 shows the house's basement and rear deck had not been approved. Right. So uh, then Kangaroo why did they give occupancy? She's been able to un- unable to find records of a deck permit or city inspection of the deck before 2020 when the deck was rebuilt. Why? Why were they given occupancy? Right. And so my There's argument, no deck permit? That's it. That's my argument, is that the city allowed those people to move in. If you didn't give a deck permit, if the inspector said you were allowed to move into this house. Yep. And there is no deck permit on there. What has to happen in his 
or her head is they have to envision that when you walk out that door, you fall straight to the ground. Right. That the deck doesn't exist. Right. Because if, and, and if the deck did exist, which it did, it was built at the same time that the house was framed. Can you guys link this article when you post the podcast so people can look at this and yep. see the pictures? And it for sure had railing on it and it for sure had soffit and fascia and there's no, there is well, absolutely no chance that the person doing the soffit and fascia on the house didn't do the soffit and fascia on the underside of the deck. So it was there. It had stone and stucco so on the, it. So the stone at the base of the columns on the deck is the same stone as the column at the front of the house at the front door. Weird. So, that like, probably happened at the same time. Yeah. Um, so when same trimmings, if you were to get the occupancy permit for the house and say the deck wasn't on the back of a two story yes. that would that fly? No. What they would do is they would make you turn the deadbolt around and you would have to have the key on part. the outside. The key part would be inside. Oh, okay. And the lever part would be outside. Right. And then the door, then you have to use a key to open the door, which changes it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, now a kid can't just walk up there and open the door and walk out. You have to pretend like that de- that the deck isn't there. And so if you were to give occupancy without a deck on the back of that house, you would have to change the deadbolt around and remove the doorknob. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So now they we've established that. that they shouldn't they didn't have do even that. given occupancy. Apparently. They should right? not have given occupancy on that house. And so now whose fault is it? The deck builder. Still all three. It starts with the city though, in my opinion. It's the city... For sure, for sure, they're part of it. Yeah. Ultimately, the city's. Ironically, fault. the home builder has removed the city from the lawsuit now. Oh. So, bum, bum, bum. For whatever. Okay, we're just going to put why. a coat over top of this. <laughs> I. I don't know why they would be removed <laughs> from that. It bothers, like it bugs me know. so much that the, that the inspector, gets to do their job. Yep. And not be accountable for anything that they do in their job. He's not accountable for this. That's what's happened. They've been removed from the lawsuit. It's like, well, how is that even possible? You said that the house was safe to live in. You checked a box. It said the place is safe to live in. And now she broke her ankle and, and is injured and, has to live in Toronto. And that's a, that's the worst city in the whole world to live in. I've been there. I don't think she moved there on purpose. I think she was taking a flight to somewhere yeah. else. Almost for sure. She was trying to get somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And then she got stuck there and was like, well, I just haven't been able to make damn. it back to Regina yet. <laughs> yes, I'll just stay here. The article got that a little bit wrong. I am coming back. Um, yeah, there, I, I feel like there's, there's responsibility at all three levels here. Like uh, the home builder for not getting the permit in the first place. That was their big first big misstep. What if they, because how do you point fingers now when you, you intentionally skipped that part that makes sure that the deck is the safe. Home, did you intentionally home builder home builder? Yeah. Did you, you intentionally? Oh no, no, no. Skip home that? builder. Maybe you didn't intentionally skip that. Like it could be, it could be argued that the deck is on the plans. And so when they submitted the plans, they assumed the city was going to get a permit for the entire plan that they gave. There's a drawing that has the deck on it. And I so guess. the city should say, they're the, they're the authority figure. They're the, the ones making the decision. Mm-hmm. And so much the same way as if a police officer pulls you over and they make a decision about whether the, like the person in the back wearing their seatbelt, whether that's their fault or your yep. fault. And at a certain point, at a certain age, the police officer says, well, you're 16. Now you're responsible for your own actions. Right. But less than that, it's the it's the driver's responsibility. There's certainly, so they're the authority figure. They make the decision on a set of permits, on a set of plans. 
The city is the authority figure. So it's their responsibility to decide whether that deck needs a permit then or not. Mm. And the home builder submitted the plans and was like, I'd like a permit to build this house. And the city's like, sounds good. House. However, legally, ignorance is not a defense either. It is not. And so they've built 6,000 homes in Regina and 6,000 in Winnipeg and 6,000 in Calgary. And they would know that a separate permit, or they should know at this point, after building thousands of homes that probably had decks in them, that the deck is not part of the permit, that you need to you need to specify and scope it out on the permit application that says rear deck right, is also covered. Like we're also applying for a rear deck. Then you have to fill out an entire checkbox that says what size of the joists and what size of the beams and what size is that. If they didn't do that, then they obviously weren't applying for the deck permit and they can't plead like, oh, we didn't know we didn't have to. Like, like you're a home builder. Well, yeah. You built thousands of I homes. I mean, then at you that point, you probably build. shouldn't be a home builder. And who knows? Maybe it was just an employee of that was like, who knows? Who knows why the deck didn't have a permit pulled on? We don't know. We can only speculate. Well, for sure, it's an employee of the company. But what, it, what the article does not say, and Paysetter is in this article... Like the GM Pacers responding with quotes in this article. It does not at any point say we didn't know that the deck wasn't part of the full permit. If that was their defense, it'd be in here. Yep. Yeah. So what they are doing is, well, it actually said in here, we followed all the, I can't remember what the wording is. We followed all the uh, necessary requirements to ensure a safe and blah, 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 blah. And then pointed fingers at the subcontractor. It's like, they did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I don't, I don't agree with that. It doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't matter they don't if you subcontractor, if you subcontract anything out, you're responsible. If my kid does something, I'm responsible for it at this point in time. Yeah, it ends up going back to the home builder. It's the home builder's responsibility for everything that's a subcontractor does. Correct. Just like it's the city's responsibility after a but permit what has happens been pulled. With home builders is they hire the least expensive contractor. Right. And they don't double check their work. Not very often. They assume that they're good right off the bat. They might check the first or second house. And that's where I, I point the finger back at them because fine, if you don't know as a home builder, the ins and outs of the specific codes that are required for every part of that house, the reason you get the permit is to get somebody who does to tell you safe. Not somebody who does, somebody you pay to tell you right. the passes. And so if you've skipped that step, then you better make damn sure that the deck was built safe. Then if you're going to skip the part that's there to make sure it's safe, mm. yep. then you've, you've taken that liability on then as the home builder as a home builder yep. and the contractor. Yeah. I think the ultimately it's their work that fails. Right? I think the right. contractor is the furthest down on this. Like the least, I think they're the least accountable, the contractor. And the reason I think they're the least responsible is their work was to be double checked by two people they report to the inspector and the home builder. Mm. And if both of those people checked off on their work and said it was good, then it was good. We built according to plan. Well, yeah. We're here to assemble the Legos the way they are told us to be assembled. But well, we don't know what that plan. Correct. If the, we don't know if, if that... the ledger connection on the, on the plans from Paysetter showed structural fasteners, Right. Then it is on the subcontractor. Right. If the home 
builder drew a set of plans that said fasten to the house with leg screws or SDS, SDSW screws or ledger lock screws or what structural fastener. Mm -hmm. And the subcontractor did not use a structural fastener. Then they're at fault. Right. USMC coming back in saying, I told you it was the builder. Uh, this, this quote from the article, uh, I don't know if I should laugh or be pissed off about it, but the quote says from the home builder, the GM of the home builder, um, said that dot, 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 the deck was structurally sound, but the connection point between the deck and the home failed over time. We will be sharing our findings with the industry so we can, so this can mitigate risk of this happening to other Regina residents. The deck was not structurally <clears throat> it sound. Was not structurally sound. Is laying on the effing ground. And what are you finding out that you're going to share with the industry? Like what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> right. The industry already knows this happens. It's already right. spec. You're, you're, yes. Who are you going to go to and tell that that's what happened? Right. Guess what? Guess what? National Building Code of Canada. Turns out if you don't put those structural things that you guys talk about in there in the house, the decks fall right off. Did you know this? Did you know? Well, I found <laughs> there are like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these articles just yeah. in Canada alone yes. that I found today. Yes. Now, here's the other kicker. In 2015, the city, even if you did get a permit, did not ask for your connection detail of your ledger to your house. That's only a recent happening in the last our like city. two years. Mm-hmm. That's our city. Every that, city's different. Other cities ask for that. Yeah, I'm talking about the one where this happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this case, yeah. at that time, even if they had gone through the proper permitting process, it would have passed. Building this deck, it would have passed. They, there's, they, at that time, they didn't even ask you how you were connecting the ledger. It wasn't on it. And the building inspector was not wasn't on his docket of things to check. Ledger connection was not one of the things. Right. So in 2015, even so, if all the checks and balances were done properly, as the city wants you to do them, this still happens. Right. And ignorance is not an excuse. Right. Mm-hmm. We've already established that. Yep. And so just because the city didn't Well, that's what the it. police officer said when I was doing 90 in a 30 zone. He was just <laughs> like, well, you have to know what the speed limit is. There you go. You should put signs up. There were. There were. They should be bigger. They're pretty big. Yeah. So I can buy in with yours at the contractor, which doesn't seem right. But when you think it all through, probably is the third in line for responsibility here. It's like, He's, that's like, that's the guys that actually did this. legally. They're the third but in line. Legally, legally, probably third in line. Yeah, legally, legally. least accountable. But yeah, in the, in this scenario right here, it's like you can't. I don't think you can point at one person. They're all partially. So what's the solution happen. here? How do you do this? Like, do we phone? <sighs> do we phone Bonnie from CBC and be like, "I'm ready to have a conversation and let's get this thing in the news again." Well, no, I, again. I think we're good now because the builder is going to let the industry know about this. <laughs> so what a clown problem solved. Do you think that he, sa- <laughs> he, do you think that he knows how stupid he sounds when he said that? No. Do you think he, if he listened back to it now, he would think he sounded stupid or do you think he's like, no, 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 I'm right. I like, I built a structurally sound deck. Do you think his second story deck is attached with I'll bet you bright common nails? This yes. is probably, yeah, this is, this he probably doesn't even live in his own homes. Human. It's just pure human behavior to be like, he's just being defa- Like he's been put in the spot too. He didn't build the house. He probably didn't have anything to do with the actual house. He's a guy in the office that runs uh, made the, business, the profit right? from it. Sure. But 
like he was probably pretty detached from this is likely news to him too but he's the one that gets the phone call mm-hmm. it's like well from what i've been told it's been structurally sound yeah somebody told you that because their their ass is on the line it's human behavior just like the way that deck was built it's human behavior to build this the fastest and least expensive way possible yep and what happens is they don't change the magazine in their nailer and they don't go back and get a drill to put some screws in. Yeah, and I don't think it's even. And I they don't just think it's like that. They just, just sizzle that on as fast as it can. Pure lack of knowledge. I, it ain't it, right. There's no way it's cost related. Like we've talked about before. It's three dollars worth of structural bolts on on a three hundred thousand dollar house. Here's what we haven't said yet. This was a row home, a townhouse. There's nine of them, yeah. all built this exact same way. And they were all told. And they were all told happened. immediately from the home builder don't use your deck until further notice. And then it sounds like the home builder had sent out somebody to go leg in the the, the ledgers on the rest of these decks. Oh, so they did know what the problem was. Now they didn't have to inspect it. They know what it is now. Yep. And And the the neighbors like, I still don't know if I want to go out there. The ledger connection failed. It's pretty obvious. The ledger's ripped right off the house. Mm -hmm. Cleanly. Like the, I don't know. Tyvek is still there. Paper's perfect. not even ripped. <laughs> it's like one little rip or something <laughs> caught, like a sliver snagged it or something. Sure, it wasn't a screw pulling that out. It's just glue. It might have been glue. They could have glued it. Just glued, glued the whole thing up. Nailed it on is probably what happened. So, anyways, there you I hope this lady like. I hope. <laughs> I hope she gets out of Toronto first. And when she gets out of Toronto and then can be happy again, I hope she gets a ton of money. Yeah. She suffered fractures on her right heel and ankle, a contusion under her left eye and bruises. I just like, this is so dangerous though. And somebody could like, I want the city back. Somebody could have died. I want the city back on that lawsuit. Oh yeah. Did you read the part where it was like, maybe they were using their deck incorrectly and overloaded it. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Two people in a bistro set and a barbecue. Right. That thing is under load. That's, that's being underutilized. <laughs> what most people have put on their deck. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. But that's again, the defense of like point fingers. Well, they were, it's their fault. They were, they were walking on it. They, they didn't maintain it properly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a, what is it? It's a pressure treated deck. It's a composite deck. That's maintenance. Free. Looks like yeah. treated. Looks like treated to me. But anyways, well, if they would only use composite, or oil. <laughs> maybe, they needed it together. To, maybe they needed to oil their deck a little bit. <laughs> Moisture content in the decking oh, was too high. And it's too just like weight. it's so infuriating. And so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because we're gonna all we're gonna all like we're all picking sides and saying who's responsible. Well, we're gonna find out legally who the court well, decides is responsible for this. And it's gonna be not the it's city. Not the city. Because they've been taken off of there. And I think yeah. that that's not I think I don't I, think that that's fair. I think that if that person, if the inspector like I've said a bunch of times how I think the inspector should be handled. They should have to take classes. They should have a certificate to be an inspector and they should have to buy insurance for malpractice. Yeah. They should be licensed then, right? Like licensed there should be like, what if they were like doctors? Exactly. Right. And so a doctor makes a mistake and somebody dies on the table. It's like, well, they get paid for that. Well, that, well, do they need to make as much money as a doctor? Probably not the exact same amount because their insurance likely isn't $50,000 a year. Their insurance make it five. Right. But every single inspector that is a licensed inspector has to pay into a uh, like an insurance pot, right? Yep. And and when something fails, like seven years ago, there was a, a set of stairs in the greens on Gardner that fell. Like there was guys carrying windows up to the third floor of the house, and the staircase let go from the top. Same problem. It was yep. like 
it was smooth nailed on and they had a window and they were up in the third store and down they went and it, like, <laughs> it was like a 1500 pound window, right? It was right. Like a big sucker. And it went all the way to the bottom. Just like every time they landed, the stairs failed, 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 failed. And they ended up in the basement with the window on them broken. That's like straight cartoon shit right there. It was right. Blam, blam, Home blam. alone. <laughs> Except for the guy that like had all the cuts on him from the glass, right? Yeah. Nobody Awful. died. Okay. We have a bunch of comments that have all of a sudden spurred up here. So some conversations happening on the Instagram live. Uh, USMC says, or maybe it was built. So he said, I told you it was the builder, or maybe it was built as directed by the home builder who specifically skimped to cut costs. Eric Teru says this might fall into the, we've always built them that way. Yep. Uh, FBP Canuck says, what if this was a faulty connector? What if, what if quote, this was a faulty connector, meaning they got a bad batch of fasteners, finger pointing them becomes a sport. Yeah. Uh, we know it wasn't a faulty connector. It was straight up. They said they weren't properly connected. Didn't use um, the proper connectors. USMC says, quote, don't use your decks until further notice. Sounds like admitting guilt. That's what I said too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't think it's you. I mean, you could also say like you're you're just looking out for the people and well, like, yeah, it's it, going to fall on you, whether you feel it's like your fault or not. It's it like, fell. Don't well, want that to happen nine more we times. We need to go look at the rest of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. FPP Canuck says, this is assuming they use the proper fasteners. In this case, obviously right. they used improper screws. No, they didn't use any. They didn't use any screws. screws. Bright, <laughs> bright nails, framing nails, smooth shank, common nails. Um, TC deck says blame Amber heard. I, we haven't really talked about how, what her involvement in this is. <laughs> so, Maybe that's how it was overloaded. Oh, boy, Whoa. Boy. FPP Canuck says on a side note, lawyers. On, a, yeah. <laughs> on a side note, the railing stood up. Must've been fortress. Yeah. Um, the railing did stand up. I can promise is. you it's not fortress. Yeah. It looks a lot like the other guys. Yeah. So there, we didn't even fight. We're all in agreement. You and all your friends are idiots. And here's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> So we'll say it again. Um, that's the most important part of a deck. The connection to the house. Is making sure it's connected to the house. And if yeah. you're not confident in doing that, then uh-huh. don't rely on the house connection to support the deck. I Put was at a house this morning. Like I, just before this podcast, I ran over to a, a place and they were like, we want you to like remove this decking. And it, it's a little bit bouncy. So I think we should maybe put a beam in the middle of this. And it's like, okay, sounds good. Uh, 16 feet out, two by eight joists. Uh, one beam at the end. And I was like, yep, nice. you, you could for sure use another beam. I, I, it will be bouncy. You bet. So we'll put a beam here and I leaned under and looked and there is not a single hanger on that. Like not one, not Whoa. a single hanger on the whole thing. Uh, but it is lagged into the house. Like you could see the lag bolts. And so they had lagged the fat, the ledger on, but I'm assuming what happened was they built the box. Yep. Lifted it up, lagged it onto the that house. used to be more common. And I'm not to, to my understanding that used to be okay. Yeah, and so maybe anyways, you this if you we'll shot the nails a, through the back, right? But we'll throw a few hangers on. That. But it's not okay because I've seen those done that way, and it's like maybe it was okay at the time, but those are always pulling away. Yeah, like the the ledger staying, but the joists are pulling out of the nail. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like not ideal. But anyways, that's uh, that's your I guess monthly reminder to make sure that your decks are built properly and that you're um, you're you're double checking that ledger, triple checking that ledger board on your own house <sighs> if you're about to build your own deck and making sure that it's attached properly because. Like we said in our markets, 90% of the time, it's not. When you go to start building your deck, your no. ledgers just hang in there. And this is what happens. Right. And this is a broken heel is about as good as that could have went. She's lucky. There was a, so some of the art, other articles that I found, there was a deck in Langley, BC. A hundred people fell down. Yeah. 
Yeah. hundred and seventy of them went to the hospital. Right. Yeah. Yep. So And it was only a hundred square foot deck. It yeah, was tight in there. It might have been overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's uh it's not something to be taken lightly. And this is why if you don't know what you're doing, you hire somebody who does and you got to get good contracts. Is that the problem with this? That's the problem. Because you assume you are hiring you someone. Hire somebody. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. And that's why, yeah, the, like the contractor has to take some of it. I don't know how much of it, but yeah, so take like, something. So let's say it's a million dollar pie that she gets a check for. Who? What's the breakdown on that? How do you, who who's pays? paying that? Yep. Oh boy. Now you're going to get into it. <laughs> I, I don't think, know. I, I think it's like, I believe that the, mm, mm. God, based every on this you, one, it really feels like the city should be paying the most every time you, but I just can't get away from the fact that they didn't pull a permit on that deck. That to me immediately ups their response. I don't understand how they got an occupancy permit. They shouldn't even have been that. in the house. That's, and that's how the last podcast got out of hand. As soon as you think you've got somebody, you're like, oh, but what about this? Oh, yeah. And then so. But I don't think that the, I don't think the city should be absolved of this because. I don't think they should be either. So they got to pay something. USMC so, says 40, 40, 20. I assume that means 40 city, 40 home builder, 20 contractor. I could, that's a. That's what I was bouncing around in my head. It was like equal responsibility between the home builder and the city. And then, so then the contractor has the smallest part. I feel like, I feel like maybe even, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like 20 is maybe, maybe too I think much maybe for the them. contractor should be paying like 10. Yeah. I was thinking maybe 10, but at the same time, it's like, like your work is the direct, you, you were the only hands-on person on this. You're the only guy that's who touched it. Mm-hmm. That's who put it. That's why it failed. Mm-hmm. You didn't do it right. It even without, even without a right. building plan and a blueprint, you should know you have to attach that ledger properly. If you're building decks, you, that's just, right. you should just know that. So should the home build, should the home builder be hiring people that can't build decks though? Yeah. Well, no, they should hire deck builders. What was the vetting process in that? They hired a framer. They hired what was convenient. They, they hired, hired a site. Yeah. It's a framer. The deck needs framed. And it costs way less because they pay, they pay framers like a buck fifty or two dollars a square foot to frame those things. Because framers use nails and deck builders use screws. FPP so. Canuck says yeah. homeowner bought the house from the builder, one hundred percent the builder. Yeah, but then, but then the, the city said that the house was safe to live in. And the, the deck fell off. So if that if if it's always the home builder, then That's we just the get rid of the permit process. Right, because you're right. The occupancy permit, they told the city. Or the home the builder. He told the builder. You're good to go. The you're city, good to sell that home and have your people move in. Good to go. The city said it was safe. Yeah. And the home builder didn't maybe necessarily know to check for nails. And like, and so they don't know what they don't know. What happens? The reason if, they subcontractors because they don't know. Whose fault is it if. if Uh-oh. Now we're uh, in it. <laughs> whose fault is it if, if the home inspector says no occupancy and the builder sends somebody in? Like if they didn't have a proper occupancy permit. Well, then it's the builder's fault for sure. The builder, right? So then why does the liability change when the city is like safe? Now all of a sudden it's on the builder. It's like if, if the city says you're not allowed to move in, then you broke the rules. But if the city says it is safe to move in, then, then they're like, then it's them. Yeah. I really yeah. feel like in this case, in like my opinion and the way that the rules are set out now that the permit it's the city should pay it all and then they can sue 
the home builder. So an FPP Canuck says um, the builder can fight fight it out if they want afterwards, but bottom line, consumer is taken care of. So he's basically saying it's 100% on the who the homeowner can go after is the builder. And I agree with that. Like that's the lawsuit there. Sure, because that's who they paid. Mm. And then the builder can go after the contractor in the city if they think they've got that argument. Sure. So mm. that's how that's probably, gonna, that's, how, that's how it is playing out. They yeah. sued the home builder. The home builder added the subcontractor in the city to to their defense or to yeah. their whatever. That's okay. What that's what they're trying anyway. And then they dropped the city for some reason. So yeah, cause because he probably almost for sure. The city said, if you keep us on this, you like, you're not going to, you will you're never, never going we'll to get approve you again, for a house yeah. again. So either like they just bullied them. Yeah. Which like, if you're in that position, you can, yeah. but instead of, but saying, so who's like, the, we'll be better. who's the, who's the permit inspector supposed to protect theoretically the, the, the resident, homeowner, the, the resident, homeowner, the homeowner. Okay. Eric Turu says in Quebec, a proper licensed contractor is 100% responsible. No inspection required. New home construction might be different. Sure. So do that. If you want to be a contractor, if you want to build houses, you got to, you have to pass, you have to be red sailed and you got to take these courses and you got to, but who's the contract in this case though? So then that's the guy who built the deck. And then it ends up on him. But if yeah, the process is impossible to solve, but if the process him being the smallest one to me, like he's hundred percent well, he's here, not, right? He's not at all responsible. He not, not at all, but he's not held accountable here. But what they're, what Eric is saying is like, you don't have inspections there. Yeah. You have certified contractors. And I, like, I actually think that would be better because I don't think that the inspector has any value in this process. They clearly don't do their job, period. That's it. The deck fell off the house and he said yeah. it was good to go. Yeah. So he's not doing his job, her job. So why do we have them? Why do we have to pay for a permit? And why do we have to go through the process of having these people come out and look at, at shit when it falls? They, they're not accountable. I have the same problem with engineers. An engineer specs a uh, thing. And then at the very bottom of all their plans, it's like, we're not accountable for anything that goes wrong according to how we spec it. It's like, then why do I pay you? Yeah. Right. What's the point? What's the point? Yep. Be accountable. Right. And so it's like, if you design a, a 50 story building out of wood and you're an engineer and you're like, yeah, but if it shrinks or falls, it's not my fault. And it's like, well, you designed it poorly. It's mm -hmm. totally your fault. It's mm -hmm. never clear cut, right? There was that bridge up in somewhere in Saskatchewan that collapsed yep. after being up for not long, like uh, a year. No, it was that day. It opened and it collapsed. It opened and collapsed that and so day. so that, again, and that's the same kind of fights happening now. The, not my the fault. RM's pointing at the engineer and you're like, the engineer and the M or, or the engineer's like, uh, yeah, not my fault. Uh, we suggested that you do it, whatever it was. They skipped some sort of the, environmental. The, the government, the government suggested that they go one way and they went for the cheapest route. Right. And this engineer was the cheapest guy and he's built decks all over Saskatchewan that have failed. Bridges. Bridges. Yeah. And what did I say? Maybe Dex too. My guess is he, <laughs> I guess is he's got some decks that failed as well. <laughs> so, and he's able to go like, Hey, I suggested this soil report or yeah. whatever it was. And you, exactly. you, you skipped it. So not on me. And it's like, ah, kind of on you. Looks a little shady when you close your business though and open a new one. <laughs> and when the bridge fails day one. Yeah. So, <laughs> no one was even on it. <laughs> like it could it just fell over. Own weight. <laughs> Okay. Uh, one final, two final comments. Deck Protect says, Wade, when you retire, I will join you on request. Eric Turu says, when we have, or sorry, we have four exams to pass, more depending on sub-licenses. I need $2 million liability insurance and a $40,000 bond. Yeah. So there it is. it's, there's a, certainly a lot. There's no certification here to become a contractor. I know some states, provinces, you have to get a license to 
and I don't know what's required in that, but you go through something to become a contractor. Yeah. Here you There's slide over to Home Depot, pick up a Ryobi drill, boom, contractor. Yeah, Get your contractor credit I don't card. I think that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think that, maybe that's not the answer here, but like it's one or the other. Either the inspector needs to carry some liability and they're accountable or yeah. the builder, the person building the the deck has to have some account, like some insurance, liability insurance. That's it. That's like, that's the final thought. Oh boy. There it is. Clears mud. Still don't know who's off freaking fault. It is build safer decks. It's a city. Um, so that's good idea. I'm done with this topic. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Just makes me angry and sad. I do it every night at the same time. Hey, thank you for listening to the ultimate deck podcast. Now you know what we're about. Uh-huh. Check the site, come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.